Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new monthly edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes today. American Funds Distributors, Inc. The less your business spends, the more margin you keep. But today, everything costs more. So smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one proven platform, helping you reduce IT costs, maintenance costs, and manual errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move to NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com earnings right now. NetSuite.com earnings. Good morning. I'm Brian Curtis. And I'm Doug Krisner. Here are the stories we're following today. Ukraine's President Volodymyr Zelensky has spent the day meeting with President Joe Biden and members of Congress. Let's get right to Ed Baxter in San Francisco with all the latest, Ed. All right. Thank you very much, Brian. Yeah, he, of course, is asking for additional aid for the war effort. Apparently, we'll leave empty handed from Congress, at least at the White House, though, a pledge of support and the signing by the president of a two hundred million dollar drawdown from Defense Department's budget. Biden and Zelensky held a joint news conference to focusing on the success of the Ukraine U.S. partnership to date. Remember how far Ukraine has come. Russia's failed, failed us far in trying to erase Ukraine from the map and uh, subsume it into Russia. Everything we talked about today will help us in the year 2024. Today's discussions in the White House and in Congress across both parties and both chambers with a speaker, we are very productive, and I thank you for the bipartisan support. Now, Zelensky saying support for both, and we'll wait for the final result over the packages and border policy to come together. House Speaker Mike Johnson is explaining domestic first in that debate. I have also made very clear from day one that our first condition on any national security supplemental spending package is about our own national security first. And in the Senate, Lindsey Graham was part of the meetings, and his tie to border security is very strong. The likelihood of an attack on our homeland is going up, and we're doing nothing, in my view, to secure the border uh, from a national security perspective with the proposals being made. And Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer. President Zelensky made it so clear how he needs help But if he gets the help, he can win this war. And he outlined in some great detail, A, the kind of help he needs and how it will help him win. But apparently he will leave with the White House money, but no movement on the supplemental from Congress. Bloomberg's Anne-Marie Hordern is noting the stark difference between this year and last. He was really welcomed in Congress, of course at the White House, which he still is, but a war hero's welcome. It was triumphant, it was jubilant. Remember, everyone was even so shocked he was able, able to get to the United States safely. And this time he comes to the U.S. feeling a bit more desperate and really trying to make his case behind closed doors with key senators and key congressmen and women. Meanwhile, President Biden has said today that Benjamin Netanyahu will have to change or lose global support. At the news conference, he expanded, saying that what Hamas has done and the terror and bloodshed it has spread cannot be ignored, but that strategy may need to be altered. And so the actions they're taking must be consistent with attempting to do everything possible to prevent innocent Palestinian civilians from being being hurt, murdered, killed, 
lost, etc. Biden also saying Israel needs to start thinking about a Palestinian state solution post-war. And Time Magazine is pushing out a story today saying there's an explosion in gambling addiction in the United States, saying that it shouldn't come as a surprise with the explosion of online and sports betting. The article quotes a study out of the University of Buffalo saying that one out of 10 college students is a pathological gambler. Uh, that is uh, more than a tw- uh, 25% of the U.S. population with a problem. Uh, no, I'm sorry, 2.5% of the population with a problem. It says it is uh, going as far as many cases as students depleting their aid money to feed their new habit. Global News 24 hours a day and whenever you want it with Bloomberg News Now in San Francisco. I'm Ed Baxter and this is Bloomberg. The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. Success is more than a destination. It's a path you take one step at a time. It's dedication. It's fortitude. And it's the work, passion, and grit inside of us that comes before all recognition. That's what Stiefel has been doing for over 130 years. And it's why Stiefel is one of the fastest growing wealth management firms in the country. And Stiefel goes beyond traditional wealth management to offer you a full suite of banking services, direct access to one of the industry's largest equity research franchises, and a leading middle market investment bank. Quietly, yet strategically, Stiefel has built a company and culture unlike any firm on Wall Street. Because success is the drive it takes to keep pushing. It's the passion to keep investing. It's the best of each of us, made better by the best in all of us. And that is where success meets success. Find a financial advisor at Stiefel.com. That's S-T-I-F-E-L.com. Stiefel, Nicholas & Company, Incorporated. Member SIPC and NYSE. Now it's time for the top business stories of the hour. And we just had this flash across the terminal that Take-Two Interactive will join the NASDAQ 100 index. CGen will leave. NASDAQ is updating its annual changes to that index and will have more throughout the program. Well, one metric of U.S. consumer prices picked up in November on increases in housing and other service sector costs. We heard from David Leibovitz, a global market strategist at J.P. Morgan Asset Management. He tells us what he thinks today's data means for the Fed at its two-day meeting. I think that the tone tomorrow is going to be more balanced than it's been in the past. I think that they're going to begin to view kind of the risks as being more two-sided, to use a bit of a, a, do, a bit of Fed speak. Uh, but I think that they're going to push back again against what the market is pricing, which is a cut, you know, in the in the late spring and early summer. By by our lights, the Fed is probably going to remain on hold uh, at least until the third quarter of next year. And again, I think that they want to see more progress on core inflation and even that super core measure before they begin to signal easier policy, because we've seen this trade play out time and time again. You know, the market gets a whiff that the Fed may ease and all of a sudden financial conditions loosen. David Leibovitz there, a global market strategist at J.P. Morgan Asset Management. The Fed will issue its latest monetary policy decision tomorrow, as you heard there, and we'll have live coverage of Fed Chair Jay Powell's news conference right here on Bloomberg Radio. Argentina has devalued its currency, the peso, by 54%. The exchange rate is now 800 pesos per U.S. dollar. This is part of an economic shock therapy program from newly inaugurated President Javier Millet. It was on Sunday, Millet said, 
Argentines will have to endure months of pain while he works to pull the country from an economic crisis inherited by or from his predecessor. Inflation in Argentina is already running at more than 140 percent annually. Other measures announced by the government include reducing the number of ministries by half, cutting transfers to provinces, and suspending public works. Argentina's government will also reduce subsidies to both the transport and energy sectors. Brian? Well, X, the social network formerly known as Twitter, is on track to finish the year hundreds of millions of dollars behind ad revenue predictions. We're told the platform generated just over $600 million from advertising in each of the first three quarters of this year. X on pace to make the same amount this quarter, and that may be disappointing to some. Last year, Twitter's ad revenue was more than a billion dollars per quarter. X has historically relied on advertising for the bulk of its sales, but that business has been in decline since the takeover by Elon Musk. Musk has blamed the decline on activists who've encouraged marketers to halt spending on the service. Want to know how many people are watching your favorite show on Netflix? Well, now you can. Today, Netflix released its global mid-year viewer data for every title on its service, and the company is now planning to publish viewer data reports twice a year. Here's Bloomberg's Lucas Shaw. Netflix has clearly gotten to the point where it is so big and commands so much viewership that after years of not wanting to disclose anything for competitive reasons, it now feels very comfortable sharing because it makes it look really good. That is Bloomberg's Lucas Shaw. Now, Netflix said its political thriller, The Night Agent, was the most watched title globally in the first half of 2023. Brian? Well, China has vowed to make industrial policy its top economic priority next year. Bloomberg's Yvonne Mann has more from Hong Kong. The annual economic work conference saw an emphasis on supporting companies to produce high-value products. It also called for steps to vigorously develop the digital economy and AI technologies. The news is likely to disappoint investors hoping for consumer-focused stimulus to boost growth, but policymakers did hint at providing subsidies for households to spur consumption. On the property crisis, leaders pledged to meet developers' financing needs. There was also a vague vow to launch a new round of tax reform. The overall focus of the conference was to emphasize structural reform rather than cyclical stimulus. In Hong Kong, I'm Yvonne Mann, Bloomberg Radio. Chinese President Xi Jinping has pledged to prioritize diplomacy with Vietnam. The story from Bloomberg's Joanne Wong in Hong Kong. President Xi says the partnership with Hanoi needs to be deepened. The two nations signed 37 agreements, including China funding a cross-border railway. On maritime issues, Xi said the two sides should manage differences and turn challenges into opportunities. They've agreed to hold joint maritime patrols. The two nations also agreed to boost trade. Xi's vow comes as Vietnam forges closer ties with the U.S. and its allies. That has not gone unnoticed by China. Xi recently said Vietnam should remember its traditional friendship with his neighbor. In Hong Kong, I'm Joanne Wong, Bloomberg Radio. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Asia. I'm Brian Curtis, along with Paul Allen in Sydney. And our guest is Edward Harrison, Bloomberg team leader for the Americas on FX and rates. To take a closer look at this CPI data, Edward, the latest data was essentially in line, although you did have that CPI X food and energy ticking up month on month. And that has led to a little bit of speculation that the Fed's not going to be in any hurry to claim victory on inflation or start lowering interest rates. 
The only interesting thing about this is that the markets actually moved a little bit higher today in terms of the equity market, and perhaps because the data also suggests that consumers are still spending. Your take on the data. Yeah, uh, very good questions about uh, where we are. And I think that uh, there aren't any answers until the Fed comes out, particularly with dot plot, because you can read the data in many different ways. For example, the CPI month on month was up 0.1 percent, which is which is relatively low, especially we had a 0.0 in the prior reading, which suggests that overall inflation is coming down on the same day. We saw gasoline prices and uh, oil prices go down um, uh, considerably. We saw WTI in the United States below $70 a barrel, and that is leading to inflation expectations going down. Uh, We have the lowest break-even on tips, which are the inflation expectations component of uh, Treasury inflation protected securities uh, since June. And that's telling us that the Fed has room to cut as the market is expecting. So it's not clear what the Fed's going to do in terms of its dot plot, which shows what its forward guidance for 2024 will be. So the Fed's got room to cut, but the question is, does it need to? Because typically you'd start uh, easing if the economy was in trouble, and it's looking pretty robust. Yeah, and 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 that's the, the that's the big question: is are we in a different paradigm? Does the Fed have room to cut? And if they do, um, because they're concerned that real interest rates will choke off the economy, do they actually forecast that they expect that to happen? I mean, the the last time that the Fed made these sorts of projections, that was in September, they said that they were going to reduce interest rates by 50 basis points, a half percentage point in 2024. And so there's speculation about what they're going to do. The market is talking more than 100 basis points. Bloomberg Economics is, is expecting 75 but given how much uh, of a loosening of financial conditions we've seen recently, it could go either way for the Fed. So there's a lot of speculation. There's a lot of anticipation for this next meeting. Yeah, I suppose the people who really love Goldilocks uh, will be happy with this latest data uh, because it, it does, you know, it does suggest that. Uh, while inflation is is coming down, it's a little choppy and spending is still holding in there. We did see some increase in, in housing in, in the CPI report, but we've also been led to believe that, that housing is actually coming down and it's just delayed to, to, be, to, to show up in the data. Um, can you clarify that for us? Yeah, you know, I think that uh, when we think about uh, owners equivalent rent, uh, uh, going up, that, that's you know there's a delay effect in terms of when that actually gets in, inputted into the actual data. So these are numbers that are more consistent with what we saw say six or twelve months ago, and that the real data on a on an actual basis is going down. And so therefore, we should expect that particular component to add to the disinflation that we've seen thus far. So we see goods disinflation, we see housing disinflation, but then the the question becomes core services. That is, you know, the sticky component is everything else in the service sector at, say, 3 percent, even 4 percent. And that's the worrying factor that would keep the Fed on hold. Uh, Edward, you're an FX guy as well. Can you give us a sense of uh, what this means for the dollar going forward? 
Yeah, so for the dollar going forward, I think that it puts it a, a bit under pressure. Uh, the dollar, um, you know, fell in November as interest rates fell. And to the degree that uh, interest rates could continue to fall, then we would see the dollar under pressure. But uh, at the same time, there are a number of other central banks that are going to be easing, in particular the uh, ECB, and to the degree that the ECB is easing some other European uh, central banks like the SNB, the uh, Swiss National Bank. And so therefore, you know, even though you would think it would put the dollar under pressure, it's not it's not decisive as to which direction the dollar will go ultimately over, say, you know, the next uh, month, two months, uh, because Europe's in a recession, and it may well be that the ECB cuts first, S&B also follows, and that the Fed stays pat, which would mean that the dollar also um, is bid somewhat in, in that scenario. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Asia, your morning brief on the stories making news from Hong Kong to Singapore and Wall Street. Look for us on your podcast feed every day on Apple, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcast. You can also listen live each day on Bloomberg 1130 in New York, Bloomberg 991 in Washington, Bloomberg 1061 in Boston, and Bloomberg 960 in San Francisco. Our flagship New York station is also available on your Amazon Alexa devices. Just say, Alexa, play Bloomberg 1130. Plus, listen coast to coast on the Bloomberg Business app, Sirius XM, the iHeartRadio app, and on Bloomberg.com. I'm Brian Curtis. And I'm Doug Krisner. Join us again tomorrow for all the news you need to start your day right here on Bloomberg Daybreak Asia. It can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. Success is more than a destination. It's dedication. It's fortitude. And it's the work, passion, and grit inside of us that comes before all recognition. That's what Stiefel has been doing for over 130 years. And it's why Stiefel is one of the fastest growing wealth management firms in the country. And Stiefel goes beyond traditional wealth management to offer you a full suite of banking services, direct access to one of the industry's largest research franchises, and a leading middle market investment bank. It's the best of each of us, made better by the best in all of us. And that is where success meets success. Find a Stiefel Financial Advisor at Stiefel.com. That's S-T-I-F-E-L.com. Stiefel, Nicholas & Company Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE.